and welcome to another edition of the Hitting the Hardwood podcast, your home for all the latest Minnesota links and WNBA news, analysis, and coverage. Thank you for tuning into another episode this week. I'm your host, Mitchell Hansen. And this week, I'm very excited to be joined by um, ESPN reporter and analyst and sideline reporter for the Connecticut Sun, Tarika Foster-Brasby. Um, it was great getting a, a chance to talk with her a little bit about where she's been, um, the WMEA season so far, and, and the Minnesota Lynx. It's, it was really great insight. Um, you know, she's part of a, a very talented team at ESPN um, and just you know, kind of in the world of, of the WNBA and women's basketball and, and being able to, to report on it. And, and you'll, uh, you'll hear in, in the podcast uh, recording here in a bit that um, you know, she's, she's extremely knowledgeable about the WNBA for one and, and about basketball for one, but um, she's very tuned in and keyed into to the league and, and all 12 teams. And um, it, it was great chatting with her um, and not only getting insight about, about herself and, and how how she's gotten to where she is um, into her current position at, at ESPN and, and elsewhere, but um, you know, just just kind of hearing her break down each team and, and different players and, and the game in general was was very entertaining. Um, before we jump into that, I want to bring to light um, a, a little bit of um, news about our our playbacks. Um, uh, we call them Links Live. Myself and Jack Borman from Canis Hoopus. Um, we just released our July schedule. Um, we're going to be doing a, a few games this month again, like we did in June. Um, on, on playback, we'll be watching either games live, we'll be re-watching games, or this month we're going to do something new. We're going to be hosting a live Lynx mailbag. Um, in the past, you've seen, um, not, not just from myself, but you've seen myself um, you know, write Lynx mailbags at Canis Hoopus and other areas. Um, instead of doing that in written form, like we traditionally have, where I'd ask questions on social media, we're going to do it in a live broadcast and let you guys ask us um, in real time. So. If you uh, if you'd like to join that and, and our other um, you know links live broadcasts and live streams live watch parties uh, throughout the month it's free um, please do so by checking out playback.tv forward slash links live once again that's playback.tv forward slash links live without further ado let's jump into the podcast this week with uh, Tarika Foster Brasby Tarika how are you doing thank you for joining me I'm doing wonderful thank you for having me. Yeah, but before we get uh, before we get started and before we kind of jump into things, I, I just wanted to start by um, allowing you to to kind of tell people, allow the listeners to uh, where they can follow you, where they can find your work, and um, where they can you know, kind of track everything. Yeah, well, I am all over social media, so you can definitely like follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Um, I'm at Shino Sports, um, Shino Sports underscore on Instagram. Um, and I'm literally everywhere. So you can definitely find me usually weekly on Around the Rim, which is a women's basketball show on ESPN's YouTube that I co-host with LaChina Robinson. Um, I'm also doing sideline for the Connecticut Sun. So anytime the Connecticut Sun is on a game, um, you can usually either catch me on the sideline or hear me doing color commentary for the team on away games. Um, but for the most part, um, anywhere there's women's basketball, you can most likely find me somewhere lurking around. <laughs> I do like specifically the the, the show. I, I do like that you and uh, Latrina do a great job with that. And I'm, I'm a regular listener or viewer, so I, I, I enjoy it. And I, I appreciate all the, the coverage you guys give. Oh, thank you so much. It's great. It's, we've been rocking out for like the last eight seasons and we've certainly had our fair share of ups and downs but it's just great to be able to have something of that mm -hmm. magnitude this long <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely no it, it's great um 
I, I just kind of want to dive in a little bit before we get into the basketball aspect, act of, uh, aspect of things. I wanted to dive in a little bit about you. Um, I, I, I kind of just wanted to talk a little bit, maybe, or if you could talk a little bit about your journey to, to kind of where you are, you, you outlined where, where all your work or where people can find your work and where they can find you right now, but talk maybe a little bit about how you got there and, and kind of how you got introduced to, to this field. Yeah, well, it's really weird. I did not take a traditional path to media, that's for sure. Um, I was just kind of one who had always had a love for sports. Um, I played basketball, volleyball, softball, baseball. I did all of that. Um, I only really took like basketball, baseball, and and volleyball serious. Um, but I've always had a love of sports. Um, so it's always been a part of my life. So I've always loved talking about it. Um, I honestly thought my career path was going to take me down the field of law. My, you know, my degree is in political science. Um, I was like, yeah, I'm going to, I'm going to be a lawyer, pre-studied pre-law. Um, that's, that's where I thought I was doing until I applied for Arizona state law school. I saw the bill. I was like, whoa, 47, how much thousand dollars? <laughs> Maybe we'll try something different. <laughs> so, so that's how that derailed. Um, but yeah, it's just, it was just always something that was more like a hobby for me. And I had a lot of people who supported me, supported like blogs that I would write for, who would ask me to contribute things for them. And they were like, Tariqa, you might want to take this career like seriously. You might want to look at it for more than just a hobby and like really find out how you can be a bigger presence in the sports space. Um, and so I, I thought about it for a little bit and I was like, you know what, you're right. So I ended up going back to grad school to get my degree in journalism. And um, I had always been a fan of the W, had always loved women's basketball, played basketball. I had Cheryl Swoops' shoe. I admired Cynthia Cooper growing up. Um, I'm from Detroit, so huge Detroit Shock fan. Um, it was just it was just always something that was there. And so um, when an opportunity came at ESPN, um, I took advantage of it. I filled out the application. I had no idea that they would even select me, but they did. And from there, I just really used my networking ability to try to figure out how I can get to know more people and where, you know, what was the the culture like in this space and how could I, you know, take what I was good at and what I was doing and like really use that to help make me different, um, but still fit into this space. And that's really what the journey has been. Um, since then, that was... Gosh, I want to say I've probably been covering this sport um, for maybe the last 12 years, but like officially covering for like maybe the last nine, um, where it's just really been a lot of fun getting to know people. And it's been a lot of fun um, watching women's basketball evolve and watching the sport grow. You know, I was producing podcasts at first and then I started, you know, pitching ideas and being a voice here and there on people's different podcasts and their shows. And then when we were given around the rim at ESPN, I think that really opened the door for people to know that I was someone who was really serious about elevating the women's game, um, taking opportunities to write. So have contributed a few stories to different outlets, the New York Times, W Slam. So I have just really been blessed to have been decent enough in a lot of different areas that people enjoy what I write or enjoy what I say. Um, but it certainly wasn't a traditional, you know, path for me. I didn't work in a newsroom. I didn't, you know, study journalism in college as an undergrad. So I didn't, you know, work for the school paper or anything like that. Um, it was literally a hobby that I turned into a career. Um, and I have not looked back since. Yeah, it, it kind of to to one of the things you, you touched on with with how how fun it is covering the WNBA. It's 
I would say that it's it's maybe well, maybe it is you know different than you know any other sport that that is out there that the maybe the inclusion the you know the community of even just reporters and and writers and you know bloggers whoever it may be um it's just it's a it's a big community and and everybody wants to wants to help each other um you know even inside the league and and that's something that you don't really get to see anywhere else and that's i think what makes it maybe a little bit more fun it's it's more inclusive oh, yeah. than, than maybe anything else do you, you kind of agree with that Oh yeah, absolutely. Like I've, you know, I focus on women's basketball, but I've covered everything. I've done NFL, I've done MLB and NBA and college basketball. Um, and the WNBA is probably the most inclusive network of people that I have ever been around. Everything else is really saturated and that's not a bad thing. I mean, as those sports are older, so they have a ton of coverage, but because of that, um, they have also, a some people also have, you know, this culture of, I have to be the first one to get it. I have to be the first one to put it out. I've got to, you know, undercut something in order to stay relevant because the spots are so limited. Um, and I, and I think what makes the W so different is that we kind of all had a grassroots beginning in a way. Um, so we all understand this. We all understand the grind. We all understand the hustle. We all understand that in order to grow the sport, there needs to be more people talking about it. There needs to be more people writing about it. Um, so I think that has, kind of all played a role in how we get along with each other, how we know each other and talk to each other. And don't get me wrong, there's still moments where, you know, you you throw your hand up and you're like, there are gatekeepers everywhere. There are some who still don't quite understand that, you know, there's room for all of us. So it's not entirely perfect, but this is honestly one of the best sports communities um, in professional sports that I have been a part of. And so I, I love that I get to cover the WNBA while it might be smaller than some of the other sports that I have had to cover um it it certainly is the most fulfilling for me mm-hmm. and and it's fun to you know I was, I was talking to to somebody my I was talking to Rachel Galligan last week on my podcast about mm. the the coverage of of you know anything that you provide it helps grow the game too it may be smaller it, you know the game wants to grow the league wants to grow but that's part of it too is is getting that high quality coverage and the coverage it deserves and that's that's the other yeah. kind of fulfilling part at least from my my end of you know, doing what doing what we do is, you know, we we get to help in that in some way, and it's fun being kind of a small part of all of that. I know, absolutely. And Rachel's the best. She's one of the ones who helps to grow the sport in the off season. If you guys aren't following Rachel during free agency and yes. trade deadline, you guys are missing out. Her and Christina Williams are the woges, the ones that keep us on our toes. <laughs> yes, absolutely. No, they're they're both they're both great and. Um, yeah, it's 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 fun to even, you know, even from, you know, like a reporter side, I, I like following Rachel. I like following, you know, I, I like following you. I like following Christina, you know, a lot of people's work that it's you build the relationships, too. And, and it's it's kind of maybe a friendship of seeing them succeed is great. And, and also yeah. it's you're a fan at the same time. So it's it's fun to fun to follow all that stuff. And, and most of the time I even get my news from, from Rachel, Christina, or whoever else <laughs> it may be. So that's, uh, that's great. But um, what, when you were talking about, you know, obviously the coverage um, part of your coverage is, is at ESPN. Um, you know, I was right before we, we got on to um, uh, record this podcast, you know, I was, I was watching the all-star selection uh, or team selection show with La China, Monica McNutt. They're both great. Um, you know, I, I've, I've had, um, Alexis Bilhu on, on here, Alexis, mm-hmm. uh, a few times or at one, I don't know, maybe a few weeks ago. 
on one of my earlier podcasts. I had Kevin Pelton. I mean, just the list of, of, you know, Emmy Vopel or Michael Vopel, uh, you know, the, the list of, you know, talented individuals on air writers, you know, it's, it's, it's a lot of fun to follow up. What, what's it like for you to, to kind of be a part of that, that, that big team? Well, I can honestly say it's a dream come true for me, just because I think anyone who ever, you know, wanted to work in sports media had a goal or has a goal at some point to be a part of the ESPN family. It's the, it's the mothership, right? So it's, it's definitely um, a dream come true in that regard, but also um, it's a little bit of, um, I guess the best way that I can describe it is um, it's, it's, it's reassuring, right? Because, you know, some of us, again, didn't start off or didn't have the traditional path. And so to be able to be part of a coverage team that includes former coaches, you know, former champions, someone like M.A. Vopel, who's been writing about women's basketball for the last 30 years, you know, to, to sit next to a Carolyn Peck, who is a national champion, first black woman to win a national championship as a head coach um, and, and have her engage in conversation with you and feel accepted and that your opinions matter and have her encourage you like that is so um, reassuring as a as a as a young and I, I mean, I'll still say young even though I'm almost 40 dear God um but, <laughs> but as a as a young reporter like those kinds of um those kinds of things matter um to kind of be figuring it out with Alexa Alexa was just recently added to um, the ESPN crew over the last couple of years and so there have been moments where she and I have been like we're at this event we don't know what we're doing but we're here and we're gonna make it happen right and like to have that kind of camaraderie um is it's very important um and also because I know that you know despite Sometimes there are moments where um, folks on social media or others don't quite understand the back, the things that happen in the back channels. But there are a lot of people at at ESPN who do and want to help grow women's basketball. And the group that we have is certainly the group that wants to do that. Um, so just to even be a part of seeing, you know, every time there's a new press release that comes out about how the numbers have grown on, on a game, how the viewership has increased, how we're adding more games to the coverage. Like those things I'm so proud of and so proud to be a part of um, because I know when we look back on this years later, I have an opportunity to say, you know, I was a part of seeing that come to fruition or it was one of my ideas that generated something um, that that people love and people enjoy. So um, it's, it's definitely amazing to work with the people People that we work with and um and and just have this opportunity to really take advantage of everyone wanting to get in on the WNBA right now like at, at some point it was kind of one of those things where people overlooked the league and now it's so it's so hot like everyone wants to get in um on women's basketball right now and I'm glad that I'm already a part of it mm-hmm. when it when it comes to to your career do you do you have any you know favorite moments maybe it was getting hired at ESPN do you have any your favorite moments or, or memories that kind of stand out um, to you at to this point in your career? Oh gosh, there's so many. It's crazy. <laughs> I um, there are a ton of moments that are just like, wow, that's really that's really pretty dope. Um, I remember the first time I interviewed Cynthia Cooper. Mm-hmm. I was just like, I, I had my video up and it was in radio. I was producing. I produced for six and a half years and. Um, this one particular moment, I could not, um, the China was not able to make the interview. So she was like, Tarika, just do the interview for us so that we can have it. And in my mind, I was like, what? You want me to interview Cynthia Cooper? There's, what do I say? Like, oh my God. Um, because she was just so big 
um, one of my favorite players growing up. And so I'm I'm talking to her in the calmest voice and I have the, my questions all written out, but I'm really on video going freaking berserk because I cannot believe that I'm on the phone with Zendia Cooper. Um, so like to me, that's like one of the better or more favorite moments. Um, I also had some really bad moments too. I, I will never forget um, the late, great Vin Scully. And for anyone who's not aware of who Vin Scully is, he was the voice of Dodgers baseball for years. Um, and I was doing an episode of baseball tonight and I was with Buster only. And I was like so shocked that I was sitting there and having the opportunity to record Vin Scully that I forgot to push the record button. <laughs> so they're like already like five minutes into the interview and i'm like holy crap how do i tell buster and vin that i'm actually not recording this it was it was the absolute worst i was just so you know in my feelings and i was so like nervous that i was doing everything wrong so i didn't record it i tried to start it over i ended up hanging up on vin scully it was just a a terrible showing i never recorded another bbtn again after that so that just kind of lets you know how they were like we're gonna keep you away from from, from those people so it's oh. it, it so I've, I've definitely had my i've had my good and my bad moments believe me yeah oh that's that's funny thank you for sharing those those are those are not i don't want to say funny but looking back on it yeah i'm forever known as the girl who hung up on vin scully <laughs> Oh, that's that's funny. Um, let, let's dive a little bit into into some WNBA talk. Um, you know, obviously we're we're kind of nearing the well, we are nearing the midway point in the season. Um, getting up on on All Star break. Um, you know, what what are your thoughts on on what we've seen so far, and and is it any different than maybe what you you thought we'd see going into the year? Yeah, it's really different, honestly. Um, didn't quite expect. Um didn't quite expect the Vegas Aces to be this, this good. I mean, I expected them to be good. Absolutely. But we're literally halfway through the season and they've only lost two games. Like that is exceptionally good. And so I'm, I'm, I'm super excited to see what they will continue to do as they continue to gel and adjust and get better throughout the second half of the season. Um, I am also, you know, I want to say impressed with Connecticut, um, no one expected them to be in the position that they're in. And even after losing a huge piece to their offense in Brianna Jones, um, they're still, you know, one of the top three teams in the league. So impressed with them for sure. Um, individually, um, super impressed with all of these 40 point performances that we're seeing across women's basketball. Literally, Brianna Stewart has two, um, Ryan Howard, Dewana Bonner, just like, Jewel Lloyd, like everyone is playing their best basketball right now. Um, and that's really great to see. And I'm sorry that like there's sirens going on in my background. There's never an emergency until I am doing a recording <laughs> for something. Um, so as long as it's not coming to your place, that's okay. Yeah, no, 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 no emergency <laughs> here. It was like always something. Um, but I've been I've been incredibly impressed there. And then like even now we're starting to see the teams that didn't have such a great start to their season really starting to pick things up. I mean, currently um, at the time of this recording, the Liberty is playing Seattle and they're into a tie game. Um, Minnesota has been on a four game win streak because Nafisa Collier has just been playing out of her mind at this point. Um, Atlanta is still in the conversation at 500 because they, you know, can can match up with anybody at any 
given time. Shout out to Cheyenne Parker finally getting becoming an all-star this year. So really, like, honestly, the league is just, it's continued to, to grow and be different. Um, and as this season is longer, we're only going to see teams get better. Um, so I'm even expecting more things to like kind of shock us and surprise us, even though we're only midway through. You kind of talked about, um, you know, maybe the aces being, I don't want to say maybe one of the surprises, but how good they are right now is being kind of a surprise. Is there anybody on the other side of that? To me, it, it kind of seems maybe like Phoenix is kind of maybe a, a, the yep. most maybe disappointing that a lot of people thought they'd be better than what they are. Is, it, is there a team that, that comes to mind for you? Yeah, you nailed it. Phoenix is definitely not a three and 13 team. When you look at their roster, mm-hmm. um, I knew that there were going to be some adjustments with Brittany Griner coming back and also needing to fit into what the new scheme would look like, considering she didn't get a chance to be coached by Vanessa Nygaard, who is no longer there, by the way. So um, but I, I, I did not see or anticipate a three and 13 team. I mean, Michaela Onyenwede is one of the better small forwards in the league. Mariah Jefferson is not a terrible point guard at all. Um, Diana Taurasi is still there. Um, Sophie Cunningham has shot the ball really well this year. It just, there's a disconnect somewhere in that team. And it's not based upon their ability to play basketball. It's based upon their ability to play basketball together. And and I don't know who's going to be able to, to spark that, you know, for them. I don't know if it's going to be Nikki. I don't know if it's going to have to be someone on the team, but they're certainly the most disappointing. Um, And I think the other team that would not, I don't want to say disappointing, but I would say I I don't know what direction they're going to go in. And that's Chicago, you know, Mm -hmm. and it's no, um, it's not, you know, a foregone thought that, they now are also a team that is without a head coach. Right. And so um, how that plays into what they do for the remainder of the season is also going to be interesting, but, you know, they started off this season undefeated for a while and then they, you know, took a couple of losses and then they went on like a four game losing streak. And it was sort of one of those things where, you know, I, I don't know what to make of the team. I don't know um, if it's a chemistry issue, if it's a mental issue, cause you know, you know, basketball is just as much mental as it is physical. Um, and that plays a huge role. So I think to me, those two may be the most disappointing. Yeah, when it comes to Chicago, it, it it seems like obviously they're they're going through a, a transition of you know out of that that title team, but you you want you want in during that time you you want a steady head coach, you want a steady GM in that you know mm-hmm. leading the way, and that's even that throws another wrench into it with James Wade leading leaving that now they they have to figure everything out. They they almost have to start from the ground up and just figure out what they want to do. Yeah. Um, so they're they're yeah they're very much kind of in limbo right now of okay which direction are we going to go into who do we want leading that direction because even if you bring in somebody new they might want to you know might want to switch everything up so it, it's it's a very interesting time in Chicago that's for sure. Yeah, for sure. I mean, it's also one of those reasons that I think a lot of people have been advocating more recently for splitting the head coach and GM position. I mean, it's already a weird situation when you got to coach the same players you've just negotiated a contract for. But in a situation like what we just saw with Chicago, when a coach decides to leave, you're now down two positions. You're down a GM and a head coach. And to ask someone to step into that role um, on an interim level, especially maybe, you know, possibly being someone who's never had to do it before can't be easy. And it certainly can't be easy midway through the season. 
Right. Exactly. Yeah. It'll be, be interesting to watch, you know, those uh, two teams that you just talked about just to kind of see where they go from here. I think that, that that's very interesting because we're used to seeing them right in the mix. And, and yep. obviously they're even, you could even say Seattle, we're, we're not used to seeing them at the bottom. Yep. Um, so it, it's, it's interesting to, to see how, how things can change so fast, but um, when it comes to, you know, the point that we're at in, in the season, do you, do you have some front runners for, for some mid season awards? Maybe, uh, let's start maybe with like MVP. Who do you think would, would be your, your MVP so far? Well, you know, at the beginning of the season, I said my MVP would probably be Alyssa Thomas. So I'm not taking her out of the top three, but I think the front runner right now has to absolutely be Brianna Stewart. Um, just the fact that she has been carrying the New York Liberty, um, two 40 point performances. She's an all-star captain. Once again, um, she's just honestly playing the kind of basketball that I think we all knew and expected her to play, but just on a different level when Stewie's on, she's on. Um, and there aren't many people that's going to be able to stop her or stop what she's doing. Um, I can't see at this point in the season right now, if I had to give the award away, it would most likely have to be, um, to Brianna Stewart as as the as the MVP, but I'm not ruling out Alyssa Thomas. Okay, mm-hmm. like Alyssa is still she's still someone who I think has an opportunity. If this Connecticut team finds a way to sneak into the WNBA Finals again, I mean, hello. So so yeah, um, I think that's I think that's the front runner for me. Um, when I think about most improved, I actually think about Satu Sabali. Um, Satu Sabali is a premier person for, um, for Dallas. And I say person because she does so many things, right? She defends, she shoots, she's such a presence inside and their matchup against Las Vegas a few days ago. One of the reasons that Vegas was able to play so well was because she was no longer in the game in the second half. And that took away a huge inside presence for Dallas. And if you, you know, anyone who watched that team win against Las Vegas um, just last night or, you know, not sure when you'll be listening, but in that win against Las Vegas, they were able to do that because they played through their big Satu Sabali being one of them. And so just how she's been able to be so dominant. Um, she's an all-star again this year. I think that she's someone who certainly should be in the most improved player category. Um, rookie of the year for me is absolutely right now, Aaliyah Boston. I don't even know if I need to provide an argument for that because she's just so, she's just played so extremely well. Um, coach of the year, I think Stephanie White for sure. Um, just again, coming into the season, thinking that you have your, your full core only to find out that John Cole Jones is going to be traded. Jasmine Thomas is going to leave as well. You've lost Brianna Jones again, as I mentioned. Um, and yet you still have this team as a top two team in the league. Um, Connecticut is playing like a, a faster paced game. They're more offensively sound than they have been, but still keeping to their, de- their defensive identity. Um, I just think that she really has the players as trust um, and has really built a great coaching staff with the, with the idea of former players being the key to that majority of her co- her, her coaching staff are all former, former WNBA players, former basketball players. And I think that resonates a little differently with, um, with with athletes currently they know 
you know, that you know where they're coming from and where they've been and that you see the floor in a way that they see the floor. Um, so she's certainly leading my coach of the year category. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think that's, I think that's all I got. Oh, six mm -hmm. women of the year. I have no idea who could be six women of the year right now. That's a tough, that's a tough one for me. Yeah, I, that, I agree. It, it's, it's almost seemed like, you know, the, the players that, that were in that conversation last year are now firmly in the starting lineup. Um, mm -hmm. And it's, it, yeah, it, that one's always kind of a gray area for me because a lot of players do swap between starter and coming off the bench. Um, and we, we regularly see that, but um, I would say like if uh, coming into the year, I, and I, I might be a little bit biased because I've, I've paid it or kind of been tuned into them a little bit more. I thought aerial powers was kind of, kind of be maybe that yeah. sixth player of the year, but I could have seen that. I, I, I was worried though, honestly, because I didn't understand like, and I know Cheryl is the kind of coach who wants to make people earn their spots and 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 that's just how she is. But I didn't understand even before her, her injury why her minutes mm -hmm. had dwindled the way that they did. Ariel comes off the bench, she gets, well, honestly, I, I honestly felt like maybe she should have had a starting position, but even in her coming off the bench, she gives so much energy. She's such a scorer. I, I didn't understand why she wasn't playing as much, considering that the one thing that I criticized Minnesota on was that they needed to find a way to find other people to get them buckets outside of Nafisa. If Kayla McBride isn't on, Ariel Powers, to me, had to be the next go-to. And I, I was just not understanding Cheryl's... Um, where her mindset was or her strategy and placing area where she was placing her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It, it's been a kind of an interesting storyline all year long. I mean, right now she's obviously dealing with, with some ankle issues. So that's, that's why she's been out. But I mean, it, even when she was healthy, it was, it was a very odd story um, and kind of um, dynamic there. So it, if she, hopefully she's able to, to get back healthy soon. And, and if, and when she does that, that'll be a, uh, interesting see, thing to see unfold and how she kind of fits back into into everything I could you know depending on what happens with Minnesota I could maybe even see them seeing if if they could you know maybe try and cut ties with her and, and have, let her go somewhere else if she is healthy but yeah um, I could see that too yeah but I so, will say Minnesota has certainly been a team that has shocked me in the way that or let me rephrase I won't say shocked me I will say on brand and by on brand, I mean, they are, I, you can never count a team that is coached by Cheryl Reeve out. You mm -hmm. never can. And so granted, they didn't start the season the way that they typically start a season. And I certainly feel like they are still trying to find who they are and what their identity is in a post Sylvia Fowles era. But I also feel like it is not surprising to me that this team is continuing to climb the ranks and slowly but surely as we get towards the end of the season, I can still see Minnesota as a team that could possibly be in position for a playoff spot. Um, it, it just wouldn't surprise me at all. Now, to be honest, I see them possibly battling with Seattle for that spot because Seattle, again, is another team that while having had started the way that they want to they're getting gabby williams back jewel lloyd still is a key factor for them so i can see a minnesota seattle um kind of battle 
um, at the at the bottom of the standings for who could get that eight or that seven C. But yeah, Minnesota, I'm not I'm not surprised. I wasn't worried per se about them because I knew that they're the Lynx have way too many pieces who do know how to get hot effectively. Um, that can really help propel them and still not playing with Jessica Shepard, right? So like we're like this is happening with still without another major piece to their offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's weird that the what I think it's the last three years, uh, they've started the year at least 0 and 4. This year was 0 and 6, but mm-hmm. they've turned it around each year. And I mean, last year they they finished just short of a playoff spot, but they've been able to figure that out. And I I don't know what the recipe is. I don't know if it's you know, maybe the new new faces that that come in each offseason. It's it's hard to kind of adjust to to all of that. I, I would get I I understand that aspect of things, especially this year with the complete new look of the team. Mm-hmm. Um, but I it, it like you said, it it seems like Cheryl figures something out and and they, they end up turning it around at least at some point. Now whether that's sustainable or not, well that's you know to be determined. But um yep. They, they're playing some great basketball right now and it's 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 been fun to watch yeah agree Nafisa Collier all-star certainly going to be in the MVP conversation if she keeps it up she's had like four 30 plus point games like she she's and this is all coming back from maternity leave like mm-hmm. sis I couldn't play like this with 20 years worth of time you're playing like this after having a baby you're amazing yeah. Yeah. I mean, even just seeing her come back last year, I, I, you know, understandably so she wasn't to any, you know, form of what she is now last year, yeah. just because she wasn't back to full strength and who could blame her. But just to see her actually come back and play in a WNBA game last year was unbelievable. wild. Yeah. Yep. Wild. Yeah. I, I, I don't know how she did it, but um let's let's kind of dive a little bit more into into the links um we we kind of jumped into it a little bit there but you know what what do you think of of the team that we have seen so far you, you talked about Nafisa Collier um you know Kale McBride playing playing a little bit of a role but what do you think's been working so well for for Minnesota even you know during this this strong stretch that they've had well, one thing that I do um think that has worked well for them is the way that they've been incorporating Diamond Miller um, I know that she missed about seven or eight games due to an injury. And that was um, very unfortunate because she was really starting to find a rhythm. And I think that whatever she was doing in that time off, she must have maintained some type of um, workout plan or session because she jumped back into it, getting back into the rhythm um, and even elevating it from when she left. I think she had like 18 points in her first game back, 16 points after that. Like that's kind of what, Minnesota needed um because not Minnesota had to me the Lynx this Lynx team teeters defensively and sometimes doesn't show up offensively and their defense had been what had honestly won them a lot of games but they had to um they had to figure out how to get other people active on the offensive end of the basketball and that I think is what Diamond Miller was able to bring to them upon her return back from injury. Um, And you could see that. You could see that once she had a lot of the energy and with Fee having a lot of the energy and being someone that you can, um, that you can count on late in games. I've I've heard Cheryl in a few um, press conferences say, you know, I want Nafisa to be aggressive. I want her to be dominant. I need her to be the person that we can get the ball to and be comfortable in her shots. Right. So you hear that, you see that, right. But, 
at the same time that you're seeing that and you're hearing that someone's got to get her the ball, right? Someone's got to be aggressive on their side as well. So I've been starting to see that more from Diamond. I've also been starting to see that more from Lindsay Allen. And, mm-hmm. and that's someone who I think has and has the potential to be an even bigger role player than she has been. She's a solid point guard and we need her to be a bit more um, to give a bit more, give a bit extra, take care of the basketball a bit more um, and just continue to create that kind of space that can get you know fee open the ball that can push off of of diamond miller and so i like those things but there is still you know there's still some things that are missing that can propel this team um to the next level and i think just being able to one continue to find an offensive rhythm day in and day out and not just here and there um and then two just all obviously being bigger being providing and being a bigger presence inside and I think they'll be able to do that once they get Jessica Shepard back um but when you're playing against some of the bigger teams that's a thing um that you're certainly going to want to have to um that you're going to that you're going to have to beef up on um but I'm excited to see. I think Dorka has done a great job as well, trying to come in, stepping into the starting lineup a couple games, trying to provide that inside presence that has been missing in, in Shepard's absence. Um, So you've got a, a, she had a couple of big games, 10, 12 point games from her. I think those things are very, um, are very impactful for a young team. Again, trying to figure out what their identity is going to be. So I do like what I'm seeing, and especially in this five, six game swing, you can see the differences. You can see their comfortability together. You can see them playing bigger inside, which is again, when you look at their schedule and who they've had to play, they've had to play teams that have had, with the exception of Seattle, they've had to play teams that have had, you know, bigger, bigger bigs inside and they've, and they've had to find ways to counter that. Um, but I like it. I like, I, I think their trajectory is on the right, is on the right path right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. What, what do you think is maybe a missing piece on the links? Is it that, that post position that I, that's what I would say if I was, I was voting for, but what, what do you think, is maybe 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 there's more than one um yeah, piece no, that they I should think, focus on. I think the one thing that they have to figure out, um, as much as I just complimented her, <laughs> I think the one thing they have to figure out is they have to get a true point guard. Mm-hmm. Like that is a huge piece. And honestly, it's a huge piece for any team, but I don't think that we value the point guard position as much as we used to simply because we've kind of moved into this era of positionless basketball where there are many people who can bring the ball up the court or there are many people who can handle the rock in a way that you feel comfortable with them in that role but it makes a true difference when you have a true point guard when you look at an Enrique and Gumbawale like that's a true point guard you know and, and you see that and you're like Got it. You know what I mean? When you look at what Atlanta's doing and having Ryan Howard and Alicia Gray, like those are the things that matter. So I think having a true point guard makes the difference. Um, And you want to see Lindsay maybe step up a bit more in that role, or if they were able to find someone to focus specifically on that, I think that would be um, a bit more helpful, but that's a thing for me. Um, And it's not just with Minnesota. There are a couple of teams that I think would the trajectory of who they are and what they could do would be totally different if they had a true point guard really running the team, putting people in position, you know, being that coach on the floor. Like that's, that's what's certainly needed. And I think that's a big piece outside of the post presence for Minnesota. It'll be really interesting to see what, what Minnesota does and how they maneuver the, you know, specifically this off season. Yeah. Um, They're going to have some contracts that come off the books um, and, and they're, 
they're going through the the rebuilding phase, you know, the initial stage, even while having somebody like Nafisa Collier, but they're they're going through that stage with all of this coming up. Like they're they they're you know, if they do struggle, you know, the second half of the year, they're gonna have a good pick. They're gonna have a lot of room. They have two really good pieces to build around. Um, well, more than two, but just you know, Diamond Miller and Nafisa Collier are are definitely yeah. Um, two that stand out. So they're, they're interesting. I mean, if all it takes is, you know, maybe adding a, a piece or two to this team. And and I think that they're right back up there and, and they could, they could definitely contend again, but. Um, yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, I think this streak that they're on right now is really just kind of showing the potential of what they have. And they might just, you know, again, need to just need to figure out exactly how they can work more together um, with what they do well already like that's really the biggest now that now there's going to be a, a huge test coming up for them I believe uh, in the in the coming days they're, they're going to have to face Las Vegas and that's that's a test for anyone <laughs> like mm-hmm. that's a test for everyone for everyone in the league so you know I would just say don't stray away um, from what had worked for you don't stay away from what you were able to do well um, against Phoenix don't stay away away from what worked for you um uh, uh, earlier or going into this street, like continue to, to, to maintain that. But yeah, like it's, it's, it is a rebuilding team is never something that you're going to fix in a year. Mm-hmm. And it certainly can't be all on the FISA to fix. Right. So, you know, Kurt show Reeve is going to have to make some decisions in this off season on who gets to stay, who gets to leave, what exactly you want to work around and build around. And if building around Nafisa is what you want to do and what you should do, um, then you certainly want to look at what you need to do with Ariel Powers. For example, um, she's someone who you might, you know, find some value with some additional pieces for her. But if you're not going to utilize her um, to her strengths, then you certainly don't want to just keep her on your bench. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's going to be a very. I mean, you could even you know mention uh, you know Natalie Chanwa how how that dynamic all works out. Maybe she comes yep. back, but she's going to have yep. to come back for less if she wants to come back. I mean, you could even throw in uh, you know Kayla McBride. They have a tough decision to make there with her. I think she'll come back, but I don't yep. know at, at what you know what you know number that she'll come back at. But um, yeah, they they have some tough decisions, but they also have. It, it's intriguing to to think about what they could do too um and and what they maybe it's not this offseason but they're building to you know maybe attract a you know a free agent down the road that that could you know kind of flip the switch and turn things around real fast but yeah they're, they're setting themselves up so it's it's a good spot to be in uh, like you said rebuilding's never fun but but once you once you get through it it's it's definitely worth it but well, uh, Tarika, that that's really all I have for you. I, I appreciate you um, you jumping on the podcast um, and talking a little bit about yourself, the WNBA, um, and and some Lynx basketball. And if if you could one more time, if you want, could plug your plug your work so so people can find you. Absolutely, thank you for having me. This was a lot of fun. You can again find me on Twitter at she knows sports. You can also find me on Instagram at she knows sports underscore. Um, you can catch me on ESPN at around the rim. Um, but definitely hang out with me on social media. Um, I have, a I always plug my links there on my website. So you can find a lot of things there. Perfect. Well, thank you again. And thanks for all your coverage of, of the league and women's basketball and, and looking forward to following a lot of your work here moving forward. Thank you. Thank you for having me.
Thank you once again to Tarika for joining the podcast this week. As I said earlier, uh, to start off this podcast, uh, Tarika's great. Um, her knowledge of, of the game and, and the WNBA and each team is, is, is uh, you know, as you could, you could tell and as you could hear, is, is, is awesome. And that kind of insight was, was very nice to, to have on the podcast, and I appreciate her taking the time out of her busy schedule. I know she, you know, being in the middle of the season, she's very busy, and I appreciate her uh, uh, taking some time out of her schedule to join Hitting the Hardwood. Um, I also want to thank Jeremy Rushing, as I do every week, for producing this podcast. He does a great job in, in doing things on the back end for us, um, and he makes this podcast sound great every week, and uh, I, I appreciate all the work that he does for Hitting the Hardwood. Um, I also want sh- to bring bring to light um, some news on our, our co- a couple of our partnerships that we have here at Hitting the Hardwood. I, I mentioned Playback at the beginning, um, but there are two more, Homage and Better Edge. Um, I appreciate uh, them supporting not only Hitting the Hardwood, but women's basketball. Um, a lot of you probably are familiar with Homage. Um, they do a lot of vintage clothing, a lot of vintage gear. Um, they do Lynx gear. They do WNBA gear. Any other WNBA team, specifically for for the WNBA, I'm speaking. Um, they do every you know every team's logo uh, on a T-shirt, on a sweatshirt. Uh, both extremely comfortable. I've I've talked to multiple people, um, even just around the league, that that have the gear and they they absolutely love it. Um, so go check them out. It's Homage H O M A G E dot com. Um, and check us out on, on social media or check out actually uh, the, the Hitting Hardwood website um, and you can find that on social media. Go to our partners page, check out all of our partners, but check out Homage. Uh, click on those, those links for WNBA gear or, or uh, Lynx gear. Every item you purchase through that will come back and support Hitting the Hardwood. So we appreciate everything that you can do. Otherwise, at least just go check them out. You don't even have to get WNBA gear. You can get any of their vintage gear or other gear that they have. It's a lot of great stuff and it's extremely comfy too. Um, the other one is Better Edge, as I mentioned. Better Edge, uh, betteredge.com, B-E-T-T-O-R, edge.com. I've loved using Better Edge this year. Uh, Better Edge is, they're not only great partners, um, you know, but they, they, their platform that they have is, is a lot of fun to use and it's very user friendly. And, um, you know, I, I bet oftentimes bet on, on WNBA games, sports in general, um, spe- uh, specifically WNBA games. I've, I've bet all year long. Um, you can do anything from betting, you know, with yourself on, on you know, whatever you might want to bet each game um, that you want to bet each night that's on the schedule. You can do that. You can do competitions. I regularly do um, competitions through hitting the hardwood on there. You can come compete against me, take my money, um, compete against other fans, other friends, um, other people on that platform. So go check them out. Um, and then if you do, if you're signing up for the first time, a first time user, check out betteredge.com forward slash links. And when you do so, make sure you follow Hitting the Hardwood, uh, first of all. And then secondly, if you're signing up, use the promo code LYNX, L-Y-N-X, and you get free $20 in free play to, to begin playing. Um, so at, at least check that out um, and, and go check out Better Edge. Um, like I said, it's a, it's a lot of fun to use. And if you're a better like me, um, it, it's definitely something you, you should check out on and, and don't miss out on that. Um, other than that, I, I appreciate you uh, you joining the podcast this week. Um, oh, one one more thing, I want to want to mention our Patreon page uh, before I forget. Um, Patreon is uh, being a part of our Patreon community. I, I you know I give a lot of our patrons kind of exclusive news and information before anybody else. Um, whether that's you know bonus content, exclusive content, I've written a few stories. I'll, I'll plan to do so um, each week here uh, the rest of the season. You also get early access to podcasts such as this one. Um, you can get podcasts every Monday rather than every Tuesday, like everybody else does, and it's very cheap to do so. I, I you know, I, I don't do it for the money, but that helps 
you know, with the longevity and kind of ensuring the longevity of this podcast so we can make it even bigger and even better. So I, I appreciate anything you can do. Start a, if you don't want to, you know, spend the money right away, start a seven day free trial, test it out. If you do like it, then consider maybe one of our memberships. I, I would appreciate you checking that out. That's patreon.com forward slash hitting the hardwood. Um, once again, you can follow Hitting the Hardwood on, on social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. Uh, make sure to follow us everywhere. You can follow me, Mitchell Hansen, on Twitter. It's M underscore Hansen13. Um, that is where you'll you'll find a lot of a lot of great stuff. Most recently, I just pushed out on, on Hitting the Hardwood and and on my own social media platform, our link store. Um, there's a lot of cool gear. Um, I, I'm obviously extremely biased, but I just bought the, the blue sweatshirt, Hitting the Hardwood sweatshirt. And that might be, I've worn, I think I've worn it every day since I bought it. It's, it's a very comfortable sweatshirt and it's, it's great stuff. Um, and our patrons can get a, a 25% discount if you're, if you're a patron as well. But go check out the, the, uh, the Hitting Hardwood store. You can find that on the Hitting Hardwood website. Go check out our social medias to find that link. Um, and, and make sure you, uh, go check that out. Maybe you want to get a birthday gift, a, a upcoming Christmas gift. I know it's early to think about Christmas, but you never know. It's right around the corner. Um, there's a lot of cool stuff. Sweatshirts, t-shirts, long sleeves. Um, sweatpants, hats, um, glasses, um, you know, anything you can really think of. Beanie hats, trucker hats, um, beanie ha- or, uh, bucket hats. Um, you can get a lot of good stuff there, and, and I appreciate anything you can do to support Hitting the Hardwood and, and, and rep some, um, you know, even if you want to rep some Lynx colors. It's, it's red, white, and blue colors, um, gray color, um, you know, just like the Lynx color scheme. So um, if you need more, more blue gear um, to go to the next Lynx game, um, make sure it's a Hitting Hardwood uh, uh, sweatshirt, t-shirt, whatever it may be. Um, so go check that out at the Hitting Hardwood store. Once again, I appreciate you listening. Um, I, I appreciate everybody and the positive feedback I've gotten on the podcast so far and you returning every week to listen to, to the podcast. Um, I, I really do enjoy what I do. I enjoy giving back to the game. And this is just another aspect of that to go along with maybe the written content that I write elsewhere. So Make sure you come back next week, and I will see you all next week. And hopefully, we can keep uh, keep this you know strong stretch going for the links, and um, you know keep this WNBA season going. We're already halfway there, so thank you for tuning in, and I will talk to you guys next Tuesday. Three, two.